Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Renegade Blitz. Follow us on Twitter at Renegade Blitz, at rblitzpod, and at blitzvideos. And subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. All right, so it's the Renegade Blitz. I'm Ty Polk with Brandon Walker. Chris Ward will not be able to join us here tonight. But as you can see, as you see on the title on Twitter, that's exactly what it is. Super Podcast 3. It's the third podcast that we've had in our time in which there is a Super Bowl in. Brandon, this one's a pretty big one. It's Philadelphia versus Kansas City. And many have dubbed this many things. The Andy Reid Bowl, the Kelsey Bowl, the first time that two black quarterbacks that are starting in the Super Bowl. It's a lot of things, and it's an interesting matchup. And, Brandon, I want to know, what's your thoughts on this? Well, these two teams are the most consistent teams, consistently great teams in the NFL this season, although there's really no great team this year, but we'll have that. On another podcast with our guy, with another guy with, that we know who knows great teams as much as us. I I had an article in the current about two black men that persevered through these, you know, to get where they're at. I know Patrick Mahomes been here before, but you know, people was trying to count them out, and the thing is. Like from last year, and then the story of Jalen Hurst getting benched at Alabama. It wasn't like a public benching. It, no, you know, it was a public benching. It wasn't like, all right, we didn't see, like, see, you saw what you didn't like at practice, or it wasn't in the Aussie. It was in the national championship game. So for as a person that I don't like the Eagles, like don't like use at all like you kind of do Pittsburgh guy you I, I actually want to see Jalen Hurts do this and and basically redeem himself yeah there there's a lot to think about with Jalen Hurts uh, the last time he was a starting quarterback as you mentioned he was replaced by Tua Tagovailoa and one of his wide receivers Devontae Smith caught the game-winning pass in a national championship. So, yeah, there's a lot for it with Jalen Hurts. This is his first time in a big stage as a professional, so it's redemption for him. And the year before, he came up short against Clemson. So when you're when you're looking at it, yeah, I agree. That's one of the reasons why I'm picking Philadelphia to win it because – this man can't get to the biggest stage consistently and then something going wrong, be it Deshaun Watson with or whatever it was, whoever winning against Clemson. And then, 
you have your moment, you're taken away from the starting position at halftime, and then you watch the guy literally get a sack the play before he gets up and wins the national championship just like that. So with Jalen Hurts, you're just going, come on, I just want to see you hold that trophy up with you doing well as a starter of a team somewhere. But when you look at it on the other side with Patrick Mahomes, it it kind of feels like this one is the probably the more impressive uh, appearance in the Super Bowl for him because his offense is no longer the – it no longer has the cheetah whip it. It's still very much a high-powered offense, but when you look at it, you, you see – at least an offense that maybe the wide receivers aren't exactly the top-notch threats that he's had, but he still has Travis Kelsey out there, or Kels, as he mentioned on the podcast. So it's a lot going on with this Super Bowl. It has a ton of interesting backstories on each side. Of course, with Nick Sirianni, we've mentioned it many times on this program, meeting Mike Sirianni in a high school press box. So, uh, I really look at this Super Bowl and go that no matter what, even I'm choosing the Eagles to win this more for selfish reasons with the Steelers, but if the Chiefs win, I, I can't really hate it. Can't either. Like I, I'm, I, like I said, I want the Chiefs to win because I, I can't stand the Eagles, but I think they're the better team because of the offensive and defensive line. You got – Travis Kelsey's a Hall of Famer, but his brother's a Hall of Famer that, that plays center. And you got Lane Johnson there. You have uh, their left tackle, who is great, uh, Dickinson. And it, I, I don't remember the other lineman. I'm pol- I apologize. But that offensive defense, and, I, and you you got Fletcher Cox, who's a, I think is a Hall like He's... I don't know what year he went in the league. He's just as good. We talk about Cam Hayward all the time, but he's on that level too. And you got Brandon Graham. You got uh, Hassan Reddick, who had – I don't know how many sets he has this year. I apologize. I don't have my – I wouldn't have my stats on me because I'm at an Indian restaurant trying to get some food. But he has 19 and a half sacks playoffs in uh, regular season this year. And you have – uh. Josh Sweat, that offensive defensive line is just crazy right now, like for Philadelphia. And, and so, remember last year, the Steelers were possibly in the running to pick up Fletcher Cox. There yes. were some rumors that he was potentially going to become a Steeler to reshore up that defensive line after the loss of Tyson Alalu. So, and and uh, he would and uh, step on to it. Oh yeah, yeah. well, so, so far, I'm sorry, damn, dag on it. It, I forgot. Javon Haygrove is on the team on Philadelphia, who is a pro, has made the Pro Bowl. I don't know if he made it this year, but he made it last year. So, you know, that's a loss that the Steelers, I, I'm get, guessing they regret at this point. I think now with, now with what we know about this team and how depleted it's been on the defensive line because of it, I, I bet they do wish they created. Uh, kept back Javon Hargraves. That's another. That's another player. That. That's why it is. But it, it all goes into what I believe the Steelers need to do draft wise. It's. I, I've been preaching this from the choir. 
it's the offensive and defensive lines that both need to be brought back into a level in which makes this team a good team again on the line play. So especially on the offensive line, yes, they have Hayward out there, but he's getting, he's not getting any younger. And Chris Wormley, I think he's a solid, solid player, but you can find an upgrade there if possible. And this is where you go in the draft. And if you remember with the, the senior bowl, guess what Mike Tomlin was looking at? The offensive lineman, and I've been waiting for them to finally address a left tackle without trying to kick the tires on someone else out there or try to lowball it in a draft in the last few years. So I'm, I'm pretty sure the Steelers are taking a look at this Super Bowl because they had the guy that effectively made this team from the ground up in Andy Weidel. Of course, Howie Roseman had a huge part in that, but you need – to make sure that line on both sides can go out there and be a force because there's more teams that are in spread offenses these days. And on the up, on the other side, you want to protect your quarterback. So a left tackle is the way to go. And then players that you can allow to rush only four and drop the rest of your linebackers back as much as we like to believe that T.J. Watt is a linebacker, but they always have a fourth guy in rushing with it, despite it being a 3-4. Of course, like, offensive line and defensive line is the way to go, and this is a guy, Andy Weidel, is the man to do it. One thing you may say is he, he was in the room. However, sorry, as I was getting some uh, chai tea, waiting for my uh, soup, which is taking 30 minutes to do, but that shouldn't, that don't affect this podcast because we professionals. We get the, uh, he was in the room, but who was making the picks? Him or Howie Roseman? But I think with his influence that I think the change could be made and plus Philadelphia winning the Super Bowl could just say, hey, this is what we this is what we could do. We could build this team up from offensive line, defensive line, because we got the skill players for the Steelers to do it. And so, but so we can uh, do uh, so we could turn change this thing in short order. Yeah. So again. Again, it's an interesting Super Bowl for for me at least because I believe that this will play into a lot of what the Steelers do, and you think it makes sense. You you spent it. You spent your last two first round picks on backfield players offensively. Of course, they also need a corner, and I think that will be addressed with their first three picks. But, yeah, that line has to has to always be a priority for the Steelers because. There, there's never a problem with having too much good linemen, and that's what the Steelers need, at least on the offensive side. With the defensive side, you're trying to move it on into the next generation with it because I think in terms of in terms of what the Steelers have done, I, I believe that Cam Hay- Hayward is their best lineman probably in a really long time. And as much you want to say about Brett Kiesel, Aaron Smith, and Casey Hampton. He's their best. He's yeah, their best defensive never, lineman since Joe Green. Bingo. 
I was I was gonna say that's basically where I'm implying on. He's their with best it. defensive he tackle. Wrecks games. Yes, like, and it's a shame that if he doesn't get to a Super Bowl, he'll be one. We go down as one of the best sealers that never made it to a Super Bowl, and that'd be unfortunate for him. Very much. Like. I was pulling for him to uh, get the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. But he didn't get it. That Crestside did it. But that's a different story for another day. But I see so I see something in the only person I see something I think you should bring back Obin Joby. We all agreed. But I like Leal. He's yeah, showing me a little, he be... showed me something. He got hurt earlier in the year, but he showed me something. I'm like, okay, we could work with him. I don't know if he's deep. They put him at edge too, but if he's a, I think he could. If they want to grow him as a three-four defensive end, as a as a potential Stephon to it, I would I would not be opposed to it. Yeah, he he really showed a lot of good good things in there. Really from the preseason, his time in which he was a starter, and that's later on in the season. So, yeah. Leal is one guy that I want. Ogan Joby, he he might want to complete his AFC North tour. I mean, he's got Baltimore next, and and Baltimore could probably use a defensive lineman. But if anything, I'd say that you're not completing that tour, not just yet. You're you're coming back as a stealer because he did a good job after he he got himself sorted together. What about the nose tackle? I'm like, I'm like, I mean, do you, I mean, do you really need a nose tackle anymore? A pure like a Casey Hampton anymore in this league? I love Casey Hampton, but you know the league ain't. There's no room for like a Casey Hampton type in the NFL in, in the NFL no more. So, well, no, I take that back because the league has gone back to running the football. It always circles back to it. So yeah, you might, you will need a nose tackle, especially playing in AFC, AFC North. And I was for that uh, kid from Georgia who got picked by the Eagles in the draft. If they wasn't gonna, uh, I, I mean, I know the last time they tried to trade up didn't work out, and we're not gonna, we won't revisit it yet. Because we will, uh, I'm sorry, we will have a Devin Bush, um, what you would call it, memorial service when he signs with another team. Appreciation Trust Day is what I'd like to call it. Huh? Appreciation Day. No, it ain't going to be an appreciation day. For we call it appreciation day around here. We're going to okay. do it. We're going to be nice. We're going to be nice people. No, no, I won't because his mom, never mind. Okay. We're, we're not going to. We're, we're not, not going to go, go that up. far, Brandon. No. I, we will give the we will have a Devin Bush memorial service here on this podcast whenever he signs with another team. Okay. Salute to Devin Bush. But anyway, let's move on. Another story. But we're going to go, but the point is you need a big body and you need another middle linebacker. I like Mark Robinson and I like Sabalanis, a guy that you. Somehow you keep because somehow he's going to be your best middle line. I said that on the last podcast that 
sometime he, somehow he becomes your best li- inside linebacker the past couple years. It's weird, but you, it's, he's somebody that you just keep around. Uh, still, you need depth. If you can, if you can get somebody better than Terrell Edmonds, you can't go for it. But let, but you know, if he wants to see if he get a better offer somewhere else, go ahead and do it. You keep Cameron Sutton because right now you ain't got anybody, anybody yeah. that any anybody better. So if you get, so I had my spill. Go ahead. No, you're you're right with that. I, I mean, in terms of it, I think when I think of the Steelers' best defense in my lifetime, they always had, they were always strong in the middle. You know, they had every level of the defense in the middle was something that could go out there and do something. Be it Ryan Clark all the way in the back, then you had Larry Foote, you you had James Ferrier, you had Lawrence Timmons. And then there's countless others you can go there. Was was Bell a middle linebacker? Kendrell Bell? I can't remember. But but regardless, they had middle linebackers. They also had plugs like Casey Hampton up in up in there. And look look in terms of it, yeah, the game's probably starting to go back to running the football a little bit more. But until it's until someone firmly puts that in there, you I think you need guys that can go up there and rush the passer. So oh, of course that, can, that's never going to change. Yeah, that's never going to change. But maybe a plug might be coming back into style for the middle of a defense. And when you think about the Steelers' best times as an organization, they had big Casey Hampton out there taking up space. Really, the really the DNs on the team were built to more. More or less, anyone on the line was just basically taking up space. Yeah, basically. Brett Kiesel, like, he's known for for being a, a a fan favorite here, but I wouldn't exactly say that I remembering much else for anything other than being being someone who you could plug into some space and and you know whenever he's called on, he'll make a play in 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 the pass rush. I've always felt that he was a better run defender. No, because like Aerosmith had put made plays. And he, you know what? I know we listened to because I just recently like listened to Mike Tallman in depth about when he was on Ryan Clark's podcast. We I know we told it's old, but you know what? Aaron Smith is very very underrated. Had he not had the Steelers won that Super Bowl against the that they played in Dallas against uh Green Bay. He might have been a he might be be in consideration for the Hall of Fame. He is he was that good, underrated, that good, underappreciated. Like Casey Hampton could have been a Hall of Famer. I know like pure three four nose tackles don't make the Hall of Fame because Wolfwood casting yet, but it's just like the things is like a lot a lot of things could have. They could have had a lot more all effects because that defense was deep. Even like the ones for to once to like when they had even in 2019-2020, when you had Vince Williams, Dupree, TJ Watt, Hewitt, Tuitt, I'm sorry, 
Um, Cam Hayward, Hargrave. That's why and this is the reason why I, I said that year was overrated for your boy because you could have plugged anybody in that defense in that front seven at that middle linebacker spot and made plays. You you make a solid point because that that defense was was stacked. In terms of that in terms of what a defense should be at least for the Steelers looking forward in the future. That should be it because it felt like no matter what you could do against them, if they were able to make plays on the ball, you're you're in trouble, and guys could get to the quarterback and get to the running back. I think that was the last. That might have been the last truly get great full season of a Steelers defense. You're right. Now let's move on to the to the news of course with Brian Flores he's now officially been hired as the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings almost got away with it the Steelers you could say in with that situation it, he put himself out of consideration for the Cardinals job he also he also was someone else was hired over for Carolina's job but the Vikings wanted him and they got him so there's no draft pick compensation. He's not being a head coach somewhere, so that's so that's kind of bad. But I, I think that the – you're hoping that the footprint of him stays with this team for a long time because that defense had its moments. I will tell you this. The defense as a totality wasn't the reason why they missed the playoffs, even though T.J. Watt did not – play for almost half the season. We all know what the it was the basically the offense. And even though like Flores did a good job. He certainly did because even though he was the linebacker what was this he was the inside linebackers coach. For what he I mean Miles Jack was hurt. Spillane Spillane your boy's your boy but the job that he did developing Mark Robinson was a deep was impressive. I know he didn't have a hat till the end of the year, but you know, it's all about development and getting these guys ready to play. And what I saw out of him developing Robinson, it's like, you know what? He was basically overqualified for the job anyway. He was a head coach two years ago. So like you knew he was gonna get another job somewhere and the Steelers, shout out to the Steelers for, and Tomlin for recognizing, you know, that and giving him a lifeline. Because if the Steelers didn't give him a lifeline, I don't know if he would ever be coaching again. Period. You make a good point with that. The, the fact that he was considered for some of these jobs I think that if he wanted the Arizona Cardinals job, he would have got the Arizona Cardinals job. If he wanted the Texans job, he would have got the Texans job. Even though I think that both of those organizations, granted Arizona has a new GM, which makes them slightly less toxic of a sort of a situation compared to anything that's coming out of Houston. I wouldn't touch that franchise with a 79 and a half foot pole right now, but he 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 could command a, a head coaching job really as soon as next year. I think that this is going to be another stopgap season for him 
especially if Minnesota's defense continues their outside of a outside of a few moments, like for example, the the bad times during that Colts game, they yeah. pretty much were one of the main reasons why Minnesota went into Buffalo and beat Buffalo. So anything that guy can add to a defense like that, because that was largely one of the bigger points for the Vikings, despite some horrid losses at times. I'd like to see if he gets a head coaching job as soon as next year. I would too, because, but yeah, because I, I can't I, – yeah, they need to get do better drafting on defense, though, for sure, because I couldn't even uh, – t- Patrick – Pat Peterson. And, yeah, but uh, that's not the Pat Pete we all know and love. I know, and, uh, you know, Harrison Smith, he's a little older. I think that – Neil Hunter. The Neil Hunter is still on there. Don't get me. I have to look at the gap chart. But, yeah, I know there's a few pieces there. But they're getting a little bit older. They, they need to draft defense for that organization for them to get better. And so they could maybe – I think they're the best team in the AFC NFC North right now. So we'll see what he can do there to get them to the next level because yeah that put yeah that that defense was pretty rancid this past season so there's one thing that I want to talk about because it was such a big story over here in Pittsburgh if you remember Greg Giannotti He's from 93.7 The Fan. He was from 93.7 The Fan from, I think, the really the station's inception towards to 2014. He's currently now up back in his roots with WFAN up in New York. He's a part of the uh, Boomer and Geo show. And he talked about the situation in the Steelers locker room when Mitch Trubisky was still the quarterback of the Steelers against New York. Of course, we heard about the reports of there being a disagreement in the locker room at the time that kind of was the basis towards Kenny Pickett opening up that second half and remaining the starter for the Steelers uh, until the end of the season and hopefully now beyond. He mentioned that Deontay Johnson threw a punch at Mitch Trubisky. Now, a lot of people here in Pittsburgh called called that's hogwash because if there was a punch thrown in that locker room, Brandon, you were in that said locker room after that game. Yes. You would have known that something went left in that locker room. To begin with, and and a, a good friend of yours, Andrew Filipponi, kind of took one for the team with that situation about it because it's been it was strongly rumored after Giannotti said that on the show that he got that information from Filipponi and ran with it. So it was. Oh, go ahead. let's talk about it now. All right, go, go ahead. All no, right. I'm I'm finished. First I want to know what your thoughts Giannotti because again, you were in that locker room. Oh, okay. First of all, 
there may have been a argument in the locker room at halftime that led to Mitch Trubisky getting benched during set game. And then what well, we're gonna have Brian DeYoung, he's he was there too. So we'll have, I'll have I have somebody that can back up this story. Because I know we're gonna have Brian DiArto next because we have him on we're gonna have him on every every Super Bowl. Cause he was there because we had you know chopped it up and had you know we ate you know we ate a little bit during the game and chopped it up and hung out a little bit. I, I can take say that that ha- I mean I could say there probably was a rumor for that. And that came from Jerry Dulac. And my guys are Jerry Dulac, Mark Cabali, Ron Cook. And um, those are my those are the holy trinity of Steeler guy Steeler reporters, and plus Bob Papiani of Steeler guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. If and none of like what Dulac said, he said that he confirmed that whatever he says is gold. I mean, uh, uh, and also uh, I'm sorry, um, Jeff Halfworm. Fab Five. We'll say they're the uh, Fab Five of Steeler reporters. Yeah. Hopefully, I get to there one day. But um, th- uh, but th- there's no. Th- he said it was happened before the game. We heard nothing. Cause we, I would know about it. Chris is on Steelers now. He would have heard about it. And we would have told you, and we would have talked about it. We would have had an emergency podcast about doing this. So this is not true at all. And two, Greg Giannotti is a piece of crap. He was a jerk here, and he don't edit this out because I need to hear. I, I, I want him to hear that he was a jerk here, and he's a he's probably a jerk in New York. But being a jerk in New York and being a jerk in Pittsburgh are two different. You could be a jerk in New York and nobody thinks so. If you're a jerk here. You know you're a jerk, and they'll tell you you're a jerk. And I told you, I have, I mean, I have, I, I have, you know, experience. We're not going to go there because I know some of the guys there, and I know, uh, I know some of the guys at ninety-two-seven. I'm cool with all of them, and plus, plus certain people. My uh, editor that I got the credentials for for there. Works at that Audacity Network, so I'm not going to say anything about them. But yeah, he 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 rubs people the wrong way, and he needs it's certain things. If me and you, Ty, did something like that and spread something like that, we would have been held accountable for that, for sure. But we sure as hell didn't. We sure, I mean, he sure as well don't. It's about you want to get more, like more whatever you want, more press at media row. What's the, what's the point of that? You want to have more coverage, more media, more attention. That's BS, and people need to be held accountable for that. People like him. Yeah, that that entire story just was was ridiculous because one. Why would he care? He hasn't covered the Steelers since 2014 at the earliest, 2017 at the latest, whenever he got his job at WFAN. It was 20. I was an intern there in fall of 2014. That's when I graduated from Point Park. And he left 
right after my internship. So it was 2015. I can guarantee. I I know. But but where does this where does this go off that he goes on the air and decides to talk about oh, uh, mom after the fact that. Trust me, if someone knew that there was a fight in the locker room, if Filipponi, Andrew Filipponi, knew that there was a fight in the locker room and it was a definitive fact, he would have he talked it about at it at the then. time. He would have talked about it then. And Hathorne would have, ha, Jeff Hathorne would have been the first to know before Filipponi. Yeah. So the fact that no one, and I mean no one, has talked about it since then, it's clear that this is garbage. This yeah. is garbage. Because why? Because that's... it. it when I, I meant this when I said this in a group chat. It felt like... It felt like someone... This felt like a source outer thing. You know what I mean? Like, you right. know how in, in... We're fans of professional wrestling. And you know how there's sometimes in the rumor meal, there's straight garbage that goes out in there. And it's all for the WWE, for AEW, for Impact, whatever it is. That's to put it out there as, okay, you tell someone this so we know exactly who in the organization is talking to the press. That's what it felt like. Right. It's, it's garbage. Like, I, that, that aggravated all of us because, like, like you could tell every like me, everybody that I know in that press box, who I know in that press box was like, what? It it was garbage. That would not a fight in the Steelers locker room would not have made it out of Acrosure Stadium that day. I can't. Oh no! But I will tell you this: there may have been a. I don't know. There may have been a confrontation in at. I mean, during the game, because I told you this, this is the first time I said this on this podcast. The mood in that locker room after that Jets game was just. I you, I can't describe it. It was just the energy was just way off. I know when you lose. It's off a little bit, but it was just way off after that game. So I'm not going to say I'm not going to there was no but I'm not going to say there, there was something about that energy in that Jets locker room was like, oh, uh, uh, no, it, it just seemed very that and because uh, it was like. Yeah, the uh, the lock the locker room was just off because I looked I talked to uh because I was looking at talk I was just like like pulled uh Chris Adamski from the uh trip I'm like dang I know they lost but th- this energy looks kind of off and he's like yeah it does like he felt it too and this is like only like the third or fourth time I've ever been in the NFL locker room after a game I'm like eh. It seemed different, so I'm I'm not I'm I'm not disagreeing about something went on with uh, Mitch and Yante, but it was just. But before the game, all that other stuff, we would have heard about that. We would have talked about it. We had an emergency. I said, hey, "Yo, bro, 
We I don't care what we're doing. Even we're, we'll skip Friday night lights and to talk about this. No, we might not do that because we get paid. But we would have we would have found a way to talk about this during the week. We would have did an emergency Friday night podcast, which we've only done well, once. Oh, we'll be we'll do it extra late. Then screw it. Yeah. We wouldn't miss. We would. We after the games and stuff. But, but the thing. But the point is this. I'm just glad that J- Greg. J- I, he, he. He. That is so irresponsible. To be a journal, uh, irresponsible journalism, that it's a joke, and it, like. Cause he, cause he went and called up uh, Filipponi to cover his ass. That's what he did. Cause he ain't want to lose that spot. Cause he knew everybody. Cause we have a whole host of reporters all over the city that can just say, uh, "Yeah, no, that didn't happen." I, I don't think he would have lost a job over this stuff, but because. It's one thing if he was talking about the locker rooms that he's normally in. He he's pro- he probably should be at least somewhat connected to a Jets, especially with Boomer Esiason being a former Jet, a Jets locker room that, the- about that game or a Giants locker room. Why is he talking about a locker room that it's it's going to be in, in another almost a decade? It was eight years. At the time since he stepped in in any, not just not just the Steelers locker room. If he did, even if he even if he didn't, it would have been eight years since he last stepped into any Pittsburgh locker room. So what is he? So what is he gained from telling telling a story about Deontay Johnson on New York radio, not even national radio, New York radio? I don't know. I don't know, but national TV, national talk show, at least as close as it is to New York, but still not not anything that would really make or break it. I don't know what I don't know what he has to gain from that, but he just needs to. Yeah, but what what does he have? But listen, what does he have? Yeah, that's I don't know what it, the point was. What does he have to gain for being a part to talk about the Steelers and the Jets game? Talk about that game. One of the few games in which the Jets actually looked like a team that could do something this season with Zach Wilson actually doing well in that game. Right. Plus, what it's just the did, point. Did he want that, to break down? Did he want to break down Zach Wilson's accomplishments to a team that was basically fighting itself at that point? That's about the only way that I could see that making any sense. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just this crazy. What the? What? What? What was he trying to do? Get get clout? Gain clout for his radio show? Like, it had to be something like that, or else, or else it makes no earthly sense in the world. But we'll move on from that with with this. So we're basically almost wrapped up with it. So Chris managed to text all of us what his 
predictions for the game. He said the Chiefs will win 26 to 23, and Patrick Mahomes will be the MVP of the Super Bowl. Brandon, what is your take? Uh, I said that earlier. I say if you didn't read the new Pittsburgh Courier, I had to score 34 to 27, I think. I have to read the score. I had that score in favor of the Eagles. Uh, Aubrey Bruce had them winning, had the Eagles winning. Mike, whatever his name is, who cares, has him has the Eagles winning, and uh, your favorite uh, Pittsburgh media media guy, Bill Neal. Because you're a big fan of the countdown. Huge fan of the countdown. Has actually has the Chiefs winning. Of course he has to be a I contrarian. don't know what the score is. It has has the Chiefs winning. I'm sorry about the new pitch. And everybody, everybody on urban media today has the Eagles winning. So so Chris is with the countdown guy for the for uh for everybody I know. Yeah. Uh, as as I said on this podcast a million times, I'm in for the Eagles. Uh, I'm going to say that the final score will be <coughs> Philadelphia 30, Kansas City 27. I'm gonna say that Jake Elliott gets a game winning field goal. And it's all off of an opportunity for Kansas City to close it. And Darius Slay lives up to his nickname, Big Play Slay, and gets an interception on the goal line. The Chiefs are stopped there. And then Jalen Hurts leads a drive all the way down to the 35, and Elliott kicks a field goal for the win. You know what? Slays the I, I MVP. I said that I don't like I don't like the Eagles, but I like him. I love Jalen. I'm a fan of him. Jalen Hurts, because he's like the perfect example of us black men. Uh, Ty, because he came in, he busts his ass. You know. <clears throat> Got his head. In the, he always had his head in the game, even though they didn't believe in him. And he just worked, worked, worked. Didn't give up, even though he got benched. Make sure, but black men. That's probably the most important thing I probably ever said on this podcast. Is black men. Make sure you bust your ass and get your and do whatever you need to do. And be better, get better for us. I know I'm tired. I'm walking home now. I finally got my food, but it don't matter. Just do, just be the best that you can be. Bust your hump every day so they don't deny you. Agreed. 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 The hard work that all of us on this podcast, not just you and me, Chris, over the last year, it's been great to see our growth from the last Super Bowl to this Super Bowl. And we hope for more here 
especially with the Renegade Blitz, as our future plans are coming into fruition. And once again, thank you for tuning in to the Renegade Blitz on Super Podcast 3. That's Brandon Walker. I'm Ty Paul. Chris Ward will be back on our next podcast. Until then, enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Renegade Blitz podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Renegade Blitz, at our Blitz pod, and at Blitz videos. And subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. The Renegade Blitz podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you can listen to podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.